podcast. And we've got a couple joined by a couple of special guests and Hunter Platt and Daniel Revere. I think I said it right that time, right? I hit that one out. You got my name right. Third time's a charm, buddy. Okay. Uh, plant boy over there. I don't know. I'll, I'll take plant because uh, a lot of people say plant said, A. Plant I said plant. Each, did, I, did I say plant? I meant to say yeah. plant. I'm so sorry. Okay. No, well, that's it's a, a long A. It's a long A. You're all right. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, we could redo that beginning if you'd like. Oh, just keep you got to keep, keep, keep it. Keep it. Keep it organic. Come on. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Fine. You gotta love the organic at all. That you know what? Uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I, I was like, I told myself before we started, okay, get both names right. Um, but it's the <laughs> time we're gonna go. Um, Tristan, co-host, is on as well. Uh, how's it going, my man? It's going good. Fifty. I think I've been on for what forty-ish episodes now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've been on all fifty. All fifty. You finally, you finally got my nickname right last week. So. He's slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even in it's pretty rough. All I gotta say is that uh, you know I'm trying my best. Uh, I believe I can't remember how the Gary Allen song goes, but it goes. uh, I ain't doing much good, but I'm doing my best. Uh, That's how that's how it goes. Anyway, um, let's jump right into the podcast episode here. I'm really excited to get these on. A couple of different things to discuss tonight. Um, uh, In terms of you know the AFC, uh, I mean the game that we saw with. Uh, some of the, I mean, the Chiefs and the Ravens, that was amazing. I honestly thought that, uh, I actually have to go back before we start into that, though. I'll give Tristan a little bit of flack for that after this. But uh, make sure, you, those of you that watch us on YouTube, to subscribe down below. Leave us a like and a comment as well. Uh, also, once again, remember to subscribe. Uh, that way you can get the latest takes from the Sports Brief Podcast. Uh, and with that, let's get started. Takeaways from that Chiefs and Ravens game. Uh, I mean, I felt like it was something that a lot of people, including, including Tristan, said yeah, that the Ravens would run away with it. They would stomp the Chiefs. And if we're looking at a, both of a roster perspective, we're probably thinking that's what happens, especially when you consider the fact that, I mean, the Ravens just get draft picks right. They get free agents right. They just, from top to bottom, their, their roster is amazing. Um, we'll start with Hunter here, Hunter Platt. Uh, about the, about the, tell me what your reaction was about watching this Chiefs and Ravens game. Patrick Mahomes is really, 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 really good. Um, I, I don't think there's anything left to say. I think, you know, if you look at the Chiefs offense, like they got obviously Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. But other than that, they really don't have a lot of household names quite yet. You know, Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Edwards is really good. But I mean, he just makes everyone better. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, are just really, really good. I think they're the class of the AFC. I think they're the class of the NFL. I, I don't think that any team is going to, you know, they might have a fluke loss here in the regular season, but. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he's 25 years old, and that's a scary sight for the rest of the NFL. I think if the Chiefs, def- if the Chiefs defense can, uh, you know, kind of hold up there and do their end of the bargain, I think I think that team's a Super Bowl pick, no doubt. I mean, they're, but Pat- Patrick Mahomes is in a class above Lamar Jackson. It's not even close. Absolutely, I agree. Um, you know, I think, again, it's, he's 24. It's only going to get go yeah. up from here. Yeah. I, I think what was it, a year or two ago that he said he could finally read an NFL defense, and it's just it's absolutely amazing when you consider the fact he threw, what, 50 touchdown passes and eight interceptions that year? I mean, absolutely amazing. And then this last year he comes back and wins the Super Bowl. Um, Daniel Daniel R., that's what we're just going to call you. Uh, Daniel, what, tell me about what, what you thought about this Ravens and Chiefs game. Were you surprised to see that the Chiefs I wasn't surprised to see them win. I was surprised to see them win by, by that much. That That caught me off guard. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 385 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, just like, I mean, Hunter, I think, you, I think Hunter said it best, and I'm not just saying that because he's my guy. Uh, 
he's just he's a he's a step ahead. Uh, I think I think I think it, it comes down to a Russell Wilson quote. Actually, year three is when the game really starts to slow down. Things start to come together a little bit more. Year one and two was bonkers. It was insane. You didn't how you can't explain that. So now it's year three. Things are starting to make more sense. The playbook the playbook looks a little bit easier to read. Their defenses are a little bit easier to read. So now you've got that all that raw talent reading defenses and knowing things. Um, that that's just not fair. It, it's it. He's a class. Hunter, I like what you said. He's he's a class above everybody else. I, I think that I think that sums it up. I'd put Russell Wilson in his category, or Patrick Mahomes in the Russell Wilson category as well. Because when I look at a, you know, a quarterback that you know, I look at Aaron Rodgers as much as you know, Tristan, you might hate me for saying this, but I don't like Aaron Rodgers. But man, that guy, like, he can win you a game single-handedly. Like, those are the only three guys right now that I think. Right can do that. Maybe there's a, one or two more, but I think Patrick Holmes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson, if I need a quarterback to drive me down the field with a minute left and down by three, I'm taking one of those three guys because those are the guys that I'm going to ride or die with. Absolutely. thousand percent. I would argue that they're the three best deep ball guys, too. Well, I, I think one thing that gets overlooked here, and I, I actually went through and watched the tape and looked at this stat. Kirk Cousins is actually – I'm okay – I'm not saying, I need to preface this by saying, I'm not saying that I would take Russell or Kirk Cousins over right. any of these quarterbacks. I would let you guys run me over, and I would not even say anything twice about it. However, I will say that he was one of the, statistically, he was one of the best deep ball throwers in the entire NFL last year and play action throwers in the entire NFL, mm -hmm. too, which gets severely underrated. It's a fact. It's a stat. You can't argue with a stat. Well, you can, but you, you'll be wrong. But um, yeah. T-Rank, we, we saved the best for last uh, what, what about this Chiefs game? Uh, I know you were wrong. I believe we came on the podcast with Hunter or with uh, with Garrett, and you were like, you know, uh, they, they were going to stomp him. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ream you. I, I, we are all entitled to. Uh, I mean, look at my failure. I'm a Vikings fan, but uh, I think <laughs> I, I I think that uh, I honestly was almost ready to jump on the ball because I was looking at how good the Ravens actually were, uh, but then I realized. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like, how can we question this man, his greatness? He's just such a natural talent. I mean, what'd you take away from the game, T-Rank? Yeah, well, first of all, the quarterback stats from last year, I just want to touch on um, about Kirk Cousins. Some of the stats are pretty misleading. If you want to look at the stats, Ryan Tannehill was the best quarterback in the NFL last year. Um, but we don't have to go into that. But yeah, yeah in half was, the games. In half the yeah, games. In half the games. But um, yeah, me and Garrett both said, I, I felt very strongly Baltimore was going to, beat Kansas City pretty easily, um, mainly because it was in Baltimore. Um, their defense is considerably better than Kansas City's, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I the offense, Kansas City's defense can be suspect at times, but they can also be the best defense in the NFL at times. And it just depends which defense shows up. And Patrick Mahomes played out of his mind. But I think a lot of the credit, more credit, needs to go to Andy Reid's gorgeous play calling and play designing. Um, some of the things that I saw from plays I have never seen, I wouldn't even think to have ever seen before. Like with that little underhand touchdown pass he did in the red zone or that touchdown pass to the, the guard, Eric was it? Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Eric Fisher or whatever. Yeah. That was crazy. And then they <laughs> stacked four wide receivers. Yeah. They stacked, which I've never seen before. <clears throat> yeah. Andy Reid is ahead of his time in play calling. Um, his play calling is absolutely genius. I think he's the best offensive mind probably the NFL has ever seen at coaching. 
Um, similar to how Bill Belichick is probably the best defensive coach to ever head coach football. Um, Andy Reid's right there. And, you know, give, give, give a team that with Patrick Mahomes, the most talented quarterback in the league right now. Um, you know, next to Rodgers and Wilson, I'd put Mahomes above both of them right now. But I, I think on some level, Mahomes allows Reid to be that kind of coach, though, because I agree with you. And I wonder, I you almost have to wonder because he kind of did the same thing with with McNabb, where it was it looked like it was a little bit ahead of his time um, in Philadelphia, and you kind of look at it and say, well, maybe it's not, maybe he's been worlds ahead of his time, but now he has a quarterback that allows him to do the things he wants to do. So I agree with you a hundred percent. And guys, an underrated part too is Eric Bieniemy. The offensive yeah. coordinator for the Chiefs, who's outstanding. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, as a diehard Vikings fan, if let's say Zimmer gets let go, like I'm looking, I'm looking in Kansas City, and I'm saying, hey, Eric Bieniemy, come on over. The talent's there. You got maybe no. I'm not saying obviously besides the quarterback, maybe just beside just as much talent as you had in Kansas City, right? Without you know, one could argue besides quarterback, but Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach in this league, and he's going to be a hell of a head coach because he. You know, he, I think he gets a lot of credit too, and rightfully so, for being that uh, genius play caller. Yeah, because yeah, naturally, uh, uh, Andy Reid's offensive coordinators have a track record of being really good court, really good head coaches. Um, look at the Bears and ask him how they're feeling about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, the Chiefs and Ravens, I think, are good. Are, I still think I don't stink. I still think our uh, co-favorites, <laughs> well, our co-favorites, uh, go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Um, I still think if they meet again in the postseason, um, you know, Kansas City probably wins it and they're probably favorites, but I would not be surprised if, if Baltimore stomped on them just because I feel like Baltimore is that kind of team that has that potential and that talent. But you're right. The Chiefs, they're a step ahead of everybody in the AFC. And no. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You can finish what you're saying. Oh, I was, one thing that I think was extremely impressive is how Kansas City spreads the ball out. Um, I mean, they had Kelsey, Hardman, Hill – Edwards, Hilaire, and Watkins all had 60-plus receiving yards uh, against Baltimore, which it's not easy to do against a Baltimore defense. Um, so if they keep spreading the ball out like that and keep defenses guessing and just picking apart and the creative play calling, they're they're going undefeated. I mean, there'll probably be one team yeah. that comes up and beats them, but this is a hard team to beat, and this looks like the best team in the NFL next to Green Bay. But even then, even though Green Bay <laughs> technically has the number one offense in the league, I think Kansas City would probably hand them an ass whooping right now. Um, Kansas Bay, City's going to hand anyone an ass whooping. I mean, they're they're <laughs> that good. Like they defensively, like you said, Tristan. Like their defense is really inconsistent, but they showed you how to beat Lamar Jackson. Take away the run and make him throw the ball because you know he's he's a decent thrower of the football, but he needs the run to to kind of set that up right and you know going back to college like when when Patrick Mahomes was in college I remember the draft when he came out I didn't have very high hope for him because you know Texas Tech quarterbacks generally you know they have that air raid offense they're they're really good in college but they have not had good careers in the NFL so I got to give all the credit Patrick Mahomes I did not think he'd be this good this fast that's crazy neither Chicago um. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Neither did nine other teams, though, right? Because I think he was a tenth overall pick. So, Kansas City—they were dumb. They—they they were deemed dumb to trade up for him. But now they're looking like geniuses to make that trade. I do have to say, there's two things I want to kind of bring to everybody's attention here. The first one is more of a question that will lead into what I'm trying to say. First question is, and my question is this: 
Do you guys watch or have you watched anything like when the NFL puts on the show? It's called America's Game, like the story of the 2004 Chiefs or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. I've seen parts of it, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of them. I've seen even the missing rings where the Vikings lost the 98 uh, NFC Championship game. That was still a tearjerker. I mean, and then also, I mean, the missing rings uh, for the Buffalo Bills, all four Super Bowl years. By the way, the Bill, Buffalo Bills might be the only team that have it worse than the Vikings. What I'm trying to say is for what happened to the Ravens, there's always a there's always a point in all of those uh, in the Super Bowl winning season where you you play against a team that just uh, they seem to have your number. And then all of a sudden you, you lose against them once during the regular season. You see them again in the playoffs and they finally get the best of them. I could be wrong, but I feel like this could be the the, the one thing that puts the Ravens over the top. This humbling loss gives them enough drive to be able to come back in the playoffs and uh, and, and oust the Chiefs uh, again. I could be wrong, but. Now that they've seen him once, they've got a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth. Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I even said it coming into last week. Um, I was like, I don't know how he can play under pressure. I don't know. He, I mean, he's got almost a little bit of Kirk Cousins-esque uh, playing ability when it comes to the big moment. I don't know how he's going to be able to handle it. And quite fa- frankly, I think he showed us Monday night that there's still some questions there. So, uh, I, I think, And I think at the end of the day, uh, in order for anybody to be a Super Bowl winning coach or a Super Bowl winning quarterback, whatever, you need to be able to answer those calls. So, but I do think that this this game will leave a sour taste in the in the mouth of the Ravens, and it should. One thing I want to touch on about Baltimore, um, one big reason they're a step behind this year on offense. I feel like between last year and this year, their offense has failed to advance and adjust and and be better. Their offense looks exactly the same as last year. They're not throwing any more or any less. They're doing the exact same things, which when I was watching the game Monday night, it almost was, I could almost predict what they were running. Whenever they have the two running back sets, you'd either think, okay, they're going to run short crossers or they're going to run a triple option with Lamar Jackson. And they would do the same thing over and over again. It was either power run, it was an option with Lamar, or what are they going to do, take a shot to Brown? Like there's their offense got... I feel like it hasn't advanced from last year, and I think that's going to be the death of them. They can't put up any points as soon as – even Lamar Jackson said after the game, he said, Kansas City, that, that defense was my kryptonite. And he probably shouldn't have said that. He probably just should have said he had a bad game because he just laid out a blueprint, and I think the Ravens are probably not in good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And I watch football a lot, guys, and I, I, I can only really name one Ravens receiver, and that's Hollywood Brown. Like, I can't yeah. name – another legitimate Ravens wide receiver because, you know, they don't, I don't know if they have any legitimate wide receivers and Hollywood Brown had what one good game last year, his first game of the year. I think he had like three touchdowns or whatever, but their, their weapons just aren't there. Right. I mean, I, and maybe I'm wrong for saying that, but I don't think the weapons are there. Like they maybe had last year or in years past. No, there were two teams that really needed to go get, we, we, we just watched, Probably the most stacked wide receiver draft class that we're going to see for a very long time. Um, guys in the second and third round are going to be really good guys. LaVisca Chenault is a guy that we need to watch. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Is a, is a dog. And and the Ravens didn't take advantage of any of them. Two teams that needed to draft a wide receiver. Uh, Tristan, your, your Packers aren't feeling it nearly as bad as, as the Ravens are. But they needed to get a wide receiver and they didn't. That, that's just the fact of the matter. Hunter is – I agree Hunter with Hunter here, honestly. Who – Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, uh, Marquise Brown. Name me uh, – Mark Andrews. Name me another player for the Ravens. 
And unless you're a Ravens fan, I think you'd have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. Robert mm-hmm. Griffin the third. <laughs> Come on now. That, okay, that, props to Hunter for that one because I mean he just he laid up a gutter ball and he just put it out. I mean uh, that was something the Twins couldn't that do. That's good. I mean that was, that was rough. Exactly. Um, also, now I think we need to jump into the next thing. Here is um, you know, and this is whether it be for the Vikings, whether it be for another team that's struggling in the NFL right now. Uh, it's a question that needs to be asked because. Uh, it's he's a, he's a player that you really want to see if you can get on your team. At what point is tanking for Trevor for any team, whether it be the Vikings again or whatever team? At what point is tanking uh, tanking for Trevor not out of the question? Um, now I just made a, I just did a live about this on uh, what's the day? Yeah, I did it yesterday on, on Wednesday, and uh, I, I asked the I asked the question when it would be the correct time for the Vikings. I think even after 0-4, if worst comes to worst, 0-4, I still think the Vikings have enough to be able to come back and maybe go 8-8, and 9-7 uh, to be able to make the playoffs. So I don't think that it is uh, out of the question yet uh, for the Vikings to not, not do that. I think they should be, they could be potentially fine. But the question has to be asked when that could be. Uh, Daniel, as a Vikings fan, uh, tell me, when do you think it would be the most appropriate time for the Vikings to consider uh, – tanking for the national champion quarterback? I honestly don't think for any team, uh, for any team other than the Seahawks, the Chiefs, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw the Ravens a bone here, Packers in because they just drafted their future. I don't think it's ever out of the question for any team. When you look at the NFL right now, I don't think with with how good Trevor Lawrence is, I don't think the idea is ever out of your mind until your playoffs time, playoff time, it's never out of your mind to be like, do we go get him? He's a once-in-a-decade talent. That's a, that's objectively true. Where we Once in a decade. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, this decade's had a lot of once-in-a-decade guys. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Uh, but now we're in a new – but it's a new decade. It's 2020. He's the first guy of the 2020s. For the Vikings, honestly, until you win five five games in a row, I don't think it's out of the question, and I don't think the Vikings are going to win five games in a row. At this point, in the, at this point, with this team, it's a tough schedule. Now, granted, I'm not I'm not out on Kirk Cousins by any means. I like Kirk. I still think he could be the guy with with Kubiak's offense, with that zone, with that run heavy offense. Uh, you get him a good defense. You get him a little bit more protection. Uh, Justin Jefferson looks great now. He had a great game. Uh, Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. But at the same time, if you get down the stretch, if you get to 0-4, 0-5, 0-6, you have to consider the consider the possibility. There's a lot of other things that that team could use, uh, but. Trevor Lawrence could be a Patrick Mahomes type where he elevates a team and brings them to that next level. So, mm-hmm. like you say, I don't think it's ever fully out of the question that you t- to tank for him. Um, when is it something that you shoot at? I think 0-5, 0-6. Okay. What about you, Hunter? Let me know. Uh, I mean, we, the only reason I'm not putting T-Rank here in first is because he's got a franchise quarterback. He might have two. And by God... If right. in fact that, that he does, pan if Jordan out. Love pans, if Jordan Love pans out, 
I, I'm done. I give up. <laughs> I, I will lose it if the man does pan out after Aaron Rodgers has at least a couple more years of dominance. But um, Hunter, let me know. What do you, what, what's your thought on this? So I think, you know, I've, I said this on our podcast on Minnesota Bias. I think that we are better than a number one overall pick. So let's say you go 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, whatever, which I think is a legitimate target right now. There's a guy, Justin Fields, and there's a guy, Trey Lance, who from NDSU, FCS, who, you know, I'm not saying they're better than Trevor Lawrence, but legitimately could be a guy that you could you could draft and you could sit behind Kirk Cousins if you feel like Kirk Cousins is, you know, is your guy for five years. Now, I think if you go 0-6, I think you might have to start tanking. I, I agree with Danny. I think Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if he's going to be Mahomes, and I don't even, you know, he might be the best pro, best quarterback prospect since uh, Andrew Luck back in 2012. Um, but there's guys there in the in the you know middle part of the first round that you could go get too. So I don't think quarterback's the biggest need. Um, if you go 0 and six, maybe start thinking about it. But I just think there's an offense line issue that needs to be taken care of over the quarterback. But if you, if you get the number one pick, there's going to be teams calling you, right? I mean, there's going to be teams like. Uh, you know, teams that are quarterback needy that are going to want, are going to maybe trade an arm and a leg to get that number one pick. And if you're Minnesota and quarterback's not your biggest need, you might have to do it. Right. And I mean, that's a long ways away, but um, I don't, I don't like, I don't like tanking. I don't like tanking for a guy. You don't know what he's going to be. Like, you just don't know. Like Andrew Luck has had a, had a good career, but he was done after six, seven years. Right. Redskins did it with our Robert Griffin the third. They thought he was a generational talent, and he's now a backup quarterback. So I hate tanking in any sport, but especially football, just because you don't really know what Trevor Lawrence is going to be. He could be the biggest bust ever. You know, you just don't know. So I I, I really dislike tanking for for Trevor Lawrence for anyone at that matter. I actually have to mention two things. Number one, if I didn't say at the beginning of the show, I apologize. Uh, Daniel and Hunter are both part of the Minnesota Bodies podcast. They were awesome enough to have me on a couple weeks ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Time flies. Like, honestly. Yeah, it does. Uh, Time flies yeah. when you're having fun and also COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. I, that's all you need to say is that one word. But I think, um, yeah, make sure you guys uh, listen to them wherever you guys want to, honestly, on, on, on Anchor mainly. And the guys, uh, I honestly have a deep love for these guys because they do – uh, not only just tremendous work, but they, they cover Minnesota sports, which is absolutely mm-hmm. awesome because I um, I appreciate you guys having me on. So um, make sure you guys also go send to him, uh, 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 both of them, on the Minnesota's Bias podcast. I'll make sure I also tag them as well. Tristan, T-Rank, um, the only reason, again, I didn't put you up to right away uh, is because, I mean, you don't need to be, you don't need to talk about tanking for Trevor Lawrence. You're 3-0. and You've got a quarterback that's probably going to throw 35 touchdowns. I mean, even though we broke up with Danica, I'm sorry. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this is <laughs> – this is a guy that uh, – and a team that I don't think you have to did – I, did I shock you there a little bit, Daniel? Sorry, Danica's is on the market, and I just got to I just gotta reevaluate <laughs> some life choices. So Yeah, because you have a chance. You guys do what you're going to do. I'm going to check out for a couple minutes here. She's asked for your number. Yeah, she's asked for it, but I can't yeah. give it to her. <laughs> Great things. I mean, uh, well, what's the saying goes? I can't even remember. Crazier things have happened. Whatever. Um, two rank. Well, let me know. I don't know think. if crazier things have happened than that. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to say it for everyone else. I don't think crazier things than that have happened. I think uh, that's about as crazy as it gets. Uh, with the debate a couple nights ago, uh, it was that was pretty <laughs> hard. that was wild. Um, uh, no politics right now. I'm sorry. Uh, the sports show. My bad. Uh, T 
Don't, rank. don't ruin sports with politics. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's on me. I'll t- I'll take that one right on the chin. This is, My a, bad. Good, this is a family show. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, T-Rank, let's jump into you once again. What's, what's your take on this whole tanking for Trevor and maybe the teams that maybe needed two the most? Yeah, so I want to touch on Jordan Love here for a second. I That's don't not think who we're talking about. I don't well, care. I just want to get this out of the window. He's not Green Bay's future. Um, I don't think. I don't think he'll ever be a starter in Green really? Bay. Malifleur uh, seems to think so. Unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I think – the way they went about this in their head is it's a win-win. Rodgers has been complacent for five or six years, or probably most of his career. He's been too complacent. And you see it the way he plays. He, he, he doesn't matter if he throws – I mean, he doesn't throw three picks a game, but it doesn't matter if he has a bad game. He's secure. He's not going anywhere. So if, if I'm Green Bay, you can move up two or three spots to draft a quarterback – Light a fire under Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers plays bad and he ends up leaving in a couple years, you look good for drafting Jordan Love. If Aaron Rodgers plays great, you look good for dra- for drafting Jordan Love to push him. That's the way I see it. I the way Aaron's playing this year. I mean, he look dude looks like he's in his prime still, athletically. He might have slowed yeah, down a little bit on the feet. Maybe he doesn't seem as fast Listen as he used up. to be. He can go. Hold on. He can still throw on the run oh, better than anybody anybody in the league, including Patrick Mahomes. He still throws the deep ball as good as anybody in the league. The, him and Russell Wilson do it better than anybody else. Um, he's still more accurate than anybody in the league, including That's Drew Brees. Stupid hard count. The hard count gets him, especially with no fans. It's it's looking nasty this year. He, in my opinion, he's he's got a lot of time left before he starts to regress a lot. And he takes immaculate care of his body. Um, he's he's going to play at a higher level longer than Tom Brady has played at his current level. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers could play into 42 or 43 at the high level he's playing at right now. Maybe not running as much, but his arm is seems to be getting – I mean, it's significantly better than last year. And I think part of that is because of the offense and he's more comfortable – and I, I have something here, Tristan. I want to I got, ask you I got dibs on next. Go ahead. Okay, so, so let's say Aaron Rodgers is 43, and let's say he's a Packer for his entire career, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do with Jordan Love? Because, like, do you draft a guy in the first round? Do you trade up a guy in the first round and sit him for eight years, right? Because I think Aaron Rodgers is only 35. So if your theory is right where he does play till he's 43, like, what do you do with Aaron? What do you do with Jordan Love? Because you don't really draft a guy – sit him for eight years and then you know what I mean like that he'd be 30 by then right or close to them so what do you do with Jordan Love if, if Aaron Rodgers is the Packers entire career you know Jordan Love is not going to be there in four years honestly I don't think okay. I think it's okay. trade capital a good trade okay. capital um but if Aaron Rodgers he's got including this year he's got three more years left on his contract if he keeps playing like this they're they're gonna have to extend him I think mm-hmm. they're going to have to offer him an extension. And if they come to that conclusion where he's too good, we can't move on from him. We need to extend him. That's when Jordan Love becomes trade capital. Um, Tim Boyle is a completely competent backup quarterback, in my opinion. He can mm-hmm. probably this year and next year, he'll be able to run the offense better than Jordan Love can. Um, I mean, he's number two quarterback. Jordan Love hasn't even dressed yet once. Um, I know there's no preseason, but even next year, I feel like it's going to be the same thing if they keep Boyle. Jordan Love's going to be third string, and he's not going to dress. 
so it's a really weird situation. But uh, yeah, Dan, you I believe you had something to say before I talk about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I I don't work out. If you can't, uh, I don't know how much you can tell from this cut from this shot. Just the neck up. I'm very intentional with the way I dress to make it not look like that. I don't work out. I want to be on the Aaron Rodgers workout plan because the the key the key to Aaron Rodgers <laughs> right now is how strong his lower body is. His yeah. arm strength comes a lot from his lower body. You look at his that the way his knees are. Like last year, he was battling that knee, battling a knee injury the entire season. His lower body is so is clearly so much stronger than it was. That's where a lot of these things where he's looking. He literally looks ten years younger with with the way he's playing. Last year he looked older. It mm-hmm. looked like his age was showing. This year, if, if just looking at the balls that he's throwing, he looks like a man half his age. Like like he looks he looks twenty five looking at the balls he's throwing. There's a lot of zip on that ball. His deep ball looks great. Uh, and like you said, that lower body, what he did to take care of his lower body in the off season and get that knee right, that's where a lot of these things are coming from. I want to be on the Aaron Rodgers workout plan, just because apparently he's just going to live forever. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think that's that's a really interesting to, thing to you know really consider because again, uh, it is in football especially. And you, you even see guys like Dak Prescott where he does the the whole you know the uh, the uh, the thing there. But I, I think that's really interesting to think about. If a quarterback, usually you'd think, okay, well we need to get his arm straight, stronger. We'll work on his arm, we'll work his upper body. No, it really does. A lot of it does really rely on you know lower body, and that's a great way to think about it. Um, I also want to think here, or I want to say something about how now. There was a quarterback, and I'm going to kind of subtly give you guys hints until you can tell me who it is, who had sat behind a guy who had won uh, this team Super Bowls. And there was obviously quarterback controversy, but there was a total of seven years before he really truly got his shot um, to be the starter. Uh, he said, Again, this guy he was standing behind won the, won the 49ers four, straight, four Super Bowls, I believe. Uh, go ahead, Daniel. Steve Young. Steve Young. Young, Steve Young, thank you. Now, I'm not saying that with this, Jordan Love is anything close to Steve Young because if you also look at it. Of course he's uh, not. He's right-handed. No. <laughs> okay. I know. But the, it, it just just wait a second. Uh, I, 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 obviously, Steve Young was was drafted or uh, played for the 49ers for a little while and, you know, for a couple of years, and then he went to the 49ers. And, I, and if you watch, you know, a football life, Steve Young, you really start to see a guy that obviously – that helped. That shaped him into the quarterback he is, being behind that Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, do I think that being behind Aaron Rodgers for Jordan Love, this could do something for his career? I think it could. I mean, if you look at it, you remember, even if we want to be even more recent, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for a while, at least a couple of years. Three and years, I that, yeah. Yeah, three. three years. And now that's not seven or eight years, obviously, but. I think it goes. It also goes to show that there is some validity. There is some good things in, in having a young quarterback uh, stay behind a, a veteran quarterback. Go ahead, Hunter. Yeah, the other thing to that too is should should Jordan Love be you know behind him for behind Aaron Rodgers for seven eight years? You still got to sign this dude to another contract, right? Yeah. So like you're signing this dude like his rookie deal. It's that fifth year option. That's that's five years, but you still got to sign this dude to another contract. Are you going to pay a pay a backup quarterback that much money that's another interesting thing too you know back when steve young i don't know if you had that uh interesting dynamic i'm sure they did but i don't think it's as you know as big as it is now but that's another interesting thing too is do you want to pay a guy 
who hasn't even played yet another contract. That's a good point. And I do, and I do, I, as a Minnesota Vikings fan, I will say confidently, uh, a couple years ago, when Aaron Rodgers did go down with the, um, with the arguable late or uh, dirty hit by Aaron, Anthony Barr, that I did not cheer. Uh, that when it, it honestly goes to show that having such a good backup quarterback is so important. Um, but I will also say that uh, by not having that quarterback, it doomed their season. So if he, if Jordan Love gets his shot uh, behind uh, sometimes an often injured Aaron Rodgers, sometimes uh, I think it could be good for him too to be able to sit by, not not take a full season because we saw what it did. What was it, Deshaun Kaiser that got a that got a shot? And just was not not it. He wasn't it. Let's call it spade a spade. So uh, he he had to literally take over the entire season. Now Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he comes up and if he gets you know just rolled up with somebody who has a twisted ankle for a week or two, I think it could be valuable to have Jordan Love come in for that week or two. See what you got. See what you know. See what you got going for your offense. Um, see how your offense takes to him. How confident he's in the pocket. Um, how you know maybe some workouts, some other finer tuner things. Tristan, what do you think about that? Yeah, we're just not in a day and age anymore where you draft quarterbacks to sit and develop anymore. If you draft a quarterback right. in the first round, he's playing almost immediately. If not, he's on the bench for a year. Um, right. That's the way it's been like the last five or six years. Um, but, you know, the, the, way, the way Green Bay has always been is they draft and develop. That's their whole philosophy. So it wouldn't surprise me, I guess. I am a firm believer that there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers decides on his own to leave the team in a few years and play somewhere else, in which case they have Jordan Love. He's he's never going to be as good as Favre Rodgers ever was. Rodgers to the Vikings? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I We said the same care. thing about Rodgers to Favre, let's be honest here. Rodgers was never going to be as good as Favre. So. We did. Hey, yeah. hey, Tristan, going back to the draft here, you know, I just like kind of look back at the draft and like the Packers are in a weird situation where – I thought they were going to get a wide receiver, right? Like, that's who I thought they would trade up for. So do you think that the Vikings didn't draft Justin Jefferson or the – do you think the Packers wanted to try to go get Justin Jefferson ahead of the Vikings? Is that is that what you kind of heard? I you know, obviously don't follow Packers, but I thought besides the big three with Judy, Ruggs, and Lamb, I thought they were going to try to go get a Rieger or a Jefferson or a Brandon Ayuk. So just do you think that that was their plan? And then once, hey, those guys were gone, we couldn't trade up, then let's fall on our backup plan, which is Jordan Love. Do you think that was the plan originally? 100%. And I I listened to literally almost every press conference from Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekist, yeah. everybody. And they all they all sound – they have the same tone. They were like um, – it sounded – the way it sounded was they wanted to try to get Love in the second round. Right. And they wanted a wide receiver in the first round. But, yeah, as soon as they traded up, I instantly thought – because Minnesota drafted Justin Jefferson, I instantly thought right. Patrick. I thought Patrick Queen, hundred percent. They're drafting Patrick Queen, which would have filled an immediate need on defense. Um, and if not Patrick Queen, a Uke or someone else. I and Roger, right. T. Whatever. Higgins was there. Uh, Michael Pittman. Somebody. You know, I, I, know. I, as a Vikings fan, diehard Vikings fan, I felt really good that the Eagles were one spot ahead of us because, yeah, they were probably going to take you know, a guy that, you know, maybe a Jefferson or a Rieger, but they were never going to trade out of that with the Packers. So we were going to get a, a receiver anyways, right? So um, I, I've heard that the Packers wanted to try to trade with the Vikings or trade up ahead of the Vikings because they knew how much we love Jefferson. But I just wanted to ask you because I thought it was an interesting dynamic. When I heard Jordan Love to the Packers, I 
I don't know what I did. I was really shocked, but I, I just wanted to ask you to see what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I was shocked too. And then listening to them talk, um, I get every indication that they fully intended on drafting Justin Jefferson. Right. But right. Um, sorry about that whole thing. Thank segment. God. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a question here. The raises is an interesting question because if you think about it, you get a uh, – Aaron Rodgers, I think he's only thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round wide receiver, whatever. Uh, oh, that is the most bullcrap who cares stat ever. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I was just saying if you were still awake there, big guy. So, um, no, I, I – oh, come on. <laughs> uh, no, I think that uh, that's, it raises an interesting Dude, question. Riled up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, who, so who needed a, court, a wide receiver more? Like who did? Because if you think about it, Clearly, the Packers are go- doing great without one. Like, I mean, obviously, they didn't bring anybody in of noticeable. Uh, I mean, that was really that noticeable. And then, obviously, the Vikings are loving the pick with Jefferson right now. Seven catches, 175, and a teddy. So, like, raises the question, who really needed a wide receiver more? And I think it points to the Vikings because they had traded away Stephon Diggs. They needed to find his replacement. They needed that because there was that pressure that uh, that trading away Percy Harvin just to draft Cordero-type pressure that the Vikings needed to find, even though it was a very deep wide receiver class that I think the Vikings, honestly, if they wanted to, could have found his replacement in the fifth or sixth round because that's how deep this class was that, honestly, that pressure was there in round one and they took Jefferson. So uh, what do you guys think about that? The most pressure on, on the Vikings or Packers to take that uh, to take a wide receiver? Like, looking back on it, I'll just jump in here. I thought the Vikings could have gone with a lineman cornerback in, this, in the first round. I really did. I didn't think that they needed to take a wide receiver in the first round. But when Justin Jefferson falls in your lap, you run that thing to the podium Should had this thing been in Las Vegas, right? Like you're not even taking 30 seconds off the clock because Justin Jefferson was the best player on the board. But I didn't think that the Packers – or I thought the Packers needed one more because I think the more weapons that Aaron Rodgers has, the better he is. Obviously, they're 3-0 right now, but it might come back to haunt him. I don't know. But I don't think the Vikings were in that big of a hurry to get a receiver because I thought they could have got one at 53 or 54, but I didn't, I thought the Packers needed one more, which is why I was surprised that they didn't take one, but Hey, the Viking, it worked out for him. Cause obviously you said seven, 175. I'll take that with my rookie receiver any day because he has more receptions than Laquan Treadwell now. So, Hey, good, good for us. You know what I mean? But it's like, I don't think, I don't think that we needed one more than the Packers. I just thought the Packers would have, could have been in so much better position had they drafted, a first or second uh, round receiver. That's my opinion. I agree. I think the Packers needed one one more based purely on their fan base. Don't not nothing having nothing to do with the team with Aaron Rodgers anything from a fan base perspective from a from a we want to sell tickets perspective. The Packers needed a needed a needed a, a wide receiver more because and you saw it in the uproar the the anger from Green Bay from Wisconsin the state of Wisconsin screamed angry in unison when they drafted when they didn't draft a wide receiver and not just in the first round in the entire draft again deepest deepest class that we've seen in a long time for, at that position uh T Higgins dropped to the second round uh to a team that let's be honest didn't really need him that bad um uh, uh Chenault dropped way down Michael Pittman Jr got dropped into a really perfect situation for him uh, Tons of dudes that should have that should have gone, uh, that should have gone way KJ higher Hamler. than they did. KJ Hamler, guy yeah. for Denver. Literally, uh, freaking pick a name, pick a name out of hat out of a hat. It was probably a wide receiver. From a perspective of appeasing fans, 
Green Bay needed a wide receiver more. I, again, I, I think I don't think he, the Vikings ever intended to dra- draft Justin Jefferson. Not because they didn't like him, because there was no indication that he would drop that far. Uh, I thought the Packers would trade ahead of the Eagles, get a get a running get get T Higgins or Justin Jefferson and run that thing, and run that run away with the with with the, with the NFC. Um, turns out they look like they're going to run away with the NFC without any of them. Um, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, from, simply from a, from the perspective of the fans, uh, which is more important in Green Bay than it is in any other team, uh, because of course the fans are the owners. Uh, it was I think Green Bay had more pressure to draft a draft a even with that even with that who the hell cares horseshit stat one first round touchdown who cares. Who they is still that have... first round guy? By the way, I'm trying to think. Is it Devin Funches? Was he a first round guy? I'm it's trying to Mar- think who it is. It's Mercedes Mar- Lewis, the tight end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still not even a receiver. Okay, no. huh? Huh? That's okay. literally crazy. Yeah. Um, who cares? Yeah. I... How many did Tom Brady outside of Randy Moss? How many did Tom Brady throw throw the first round picks? How many is Drew Brees throwing the first round picks? Who cares? Yeah, and I want to agree with what Daniel said about the whole fan perspective thing. On the surface, it looked as if Green Bay needed a wide receiver more. But you have to the, – the depth they had at wide receiver was not great, but it wasn't bad. We were missing Equinemius St. Brown all year last year, who took really good strides. I had a lot of faith in Equinemius. Um, he's on uh, IR right now again, so he's probably going to be done, though. Alan Lazard had surgery today. He's out indefinitely. So, you know, now now we're looking dumb for not drafting a wide receiver. I mean, we Even have one. Yeah. Yeah. Not one out of all the yeah. rounds. Not one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have Devontae Adams. We have now the number two and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's, you know, you're going to see a lot of uh, Sterling, or not Sterling Shepard, Darius Shepard. He was on the practice squad and uh, it's going to be weird. That's- but when, with Aaron Rodgers playing at the level he's playing at right now, he doesn't need great receivers. He needs a receiver that can catch and create a little bit of separation. He he can make anybody look good. Um, it's just these guys have to catch the ball when they throw it to him, when he throws it to him. If if they drop it, he's he's going to get one dimensional. He's only going to throw to Adams. Um, so the offense, I'm I'm starting to trust it a lot more. What Matt Lafleur is doing with it, it's looking really good. Um, but it's starting to hurt. You know, with Funchess opting out and now Lazard's going to miss probably four to six weeks. Uh, it's not looking great. But I thought it wasn't looking great before the season started, and I've been wrong so far. So The Packers have had a bunch – have always had a bunch of really good threes and never a true two. That's kind of where I'm at on them. Lazard would be a really – a great three. Valdez Scantling would be a great three. Uh, they've just never had a two. They've always had a one and a bunch of threes. Mm-hmm. Never That's what team. I told my dad. As soon as they signed Devin Funches, I was extremely excited. And he hasn't been, I guess, anything special. But he's the type of player that Aaron Rodgers could make a super solid, really good number two guy. Exactly. Exactly. And here's the thing, Here's the thing, guys. I think the Packers, what were they at, 30 originally in the draft? Or whatever, 29? I think they could have gotten a guy like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, um, whoever it was, uh, you know, and they could have still gotten Jordan Love in the second round because I don't know if a lot of teams really love Jordan Love. 
Like they, I think they like Jalen Hurts a little bit more than uh, Jordan Love. So, yeah, that, that that was an interesting thing because I think they could have gotten Jordan Love in the later half of the second round as well. I really do. Agreed. Okay, uh, I think another thing we need to cover on us. Uh, speaking of NFC quarterbacks, um, we saw. I don't think we can. Any of us can argue with it. I think we saw the most like passing of reins to from Mitch Trubisky to Nick Foles this last Sunday. I mean, the way that that, that, that Foles made the Bears come back. I I don't hate a man. I don't hate anybody because hate's a very strong word. But I really don't like Nick Foles for what he did to the Vikings a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game. And every single time this man gets an opportunity in a game to either have his team come back, pull out a big win, he comes through. I mean, this guy, you want to talk about clutch. This guy, for a non-starter, he might be one of the, the, the clutchest non-starter quarterbacks of all time That uh, you know that's never been a bona fide true starter the entire time. So, I mean, this guy, uh, what, do, what do you guys think? What does this mean for Mr. Trubisky? Mm-hmm. I know what Tristan's – we'll start with Tristan about this because – Tristan doesn't think he can throw to his left, uh, that Mr. Bisky can throw to his left. <laughs> I would happen to agree to an extent. Tristan, what do you think? Well, first of all, I called this long ago. He wouldn't mm-hmm. be the starter midseason. No secret, especially with the guy you're paying more sitting behind you. That's won a Super Bowl, who has proven he's competent in the right situation. Um, we talked about how short of a leash Mitch Trubisky would be on, and – Turns out you were right. He wasn't even on a leash. He was just getting held by the collar. Um, they gave him a whole <laughs> 10 quarters to prove that he could be a, a franchise quarterback. And he wasn't awful. He wasn't terrible by any means. But he's he not had, a third a third overall pick. Or no, second overall pick, whatever. No, he's not. His, inconsistently, his inconsistency killed him. It, it's going to kill his career. He can, he can have quarters where he looks like a, a perennial pro bowler. Just great. And then the other three quarters, he's absolute garbage. Um, he makes great throws, and then the other throws he makes, you just like wonder how he was he even made it to the league. It's it's a weird situation. And he's still the way he handled it in his postgame press conference, I was genuinely surprised. Um, I thought he'd be a bit bitter and salty about it, but he completely understands the situation and he's gonna support Nick Foles and be a good teammate. Now what could, could have been quite possibly one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. Maybe the best backup quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Mitch, he'll, I don't think his days in Chicago are done. I think he's going to play more in Chicago. I don't mm. think Foles is the answer, but I don't think Mitch is either. I think they're going to be kind of on a weird thing this season no, where both and, of them uh, play. I would just talk about, yeah. But, I, so, so – I think it was strategic. I think this whole thing was strategic. I think he always, I think Nagy always intended for Nick Foles to have the majority of the season as the starter. The three seasons, and I'm counting this as one of them, the seasons where Nick Foles was really good, he was not the week one starting quarterback. The seasons where Nick Foles was really bad that ended up putting him as a backup on Philadelphia for the second time were the seasons where he was named the starter week one. In Phil, he starts out his career in Philadelphia as the backup. Uh, I can't even remember who the starter was. Goes down, he carries them to the playoffs. Insane. Gets traded to the Rams or however he ends up on the Rams. He's the starter. He's the future. He's the next big thing. He's the guy for 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 the Rams. Sucks. He was terrible. Bad coach. That didn't help. But he was awful. 
ends up back on the Eagles as a backup. Wentz tears his ACL. He carries him carries him through the through to the Super Bowl. Now, and, and then on top, and then he goes, and then they move on. He goes gets this huge contract from from Jacksonville. First game as the starter, hurt. Now, Matt Nagy brings him in, sees what's happened in his career, says, "Hold on, if I can go through get through two games with Mitch Trubisky, I can bring in the." backup and he's going to come in with backup pressure no one expects anything out of a backup when you go to a backup you're expecting okay we're going to limp into the finish line when you take that pressure off Nick Foles even in his, on a Super Bowl run everyone was like I mean like he's exceeding no matter what he does he's exceeding our expectations There's that, that lack of pressure on Nick Foles I think is everything for him so now he's not the starter. He's just the guy that they're going with now. He's like the, Matt Nagy's looking at him. Even in the post game, they wouldn't. He wouldn't say, "Yeah, we're gonna go with Foles. It's gonna happen." Everyone knew that they were gonna go with Foles. He's he took this and said, "If I can take the pressure off of Nick Foles, if I don't if I don't make this, hey, you need to win us the division. You need to get us to the wild card. You need to get us into the playoffs." That makes him feel more comfortable. He he can just be his own quarterback. Now that he's been named the starter, does that pressure creep back up? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but but like you say, you take that pressure off. You let him play a little bit loose, a little loose, uh, and just be a guy, be a be a football player. Um, this could have been a brilliant move by Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I have two thoughts on it. My first one is I think Nick Foles is the definition of a system quarterback. I think that if you get Nick Foles in the right system, he was in the right system in Philadelphia with uh, Frank Reich was the offense coordinator, Doug Peterson. Um, goes to St. Louis uh, when they were the in St. Louis, wasn't in the right system, so he wasn't very good. Um, you know, he was in Kansas City for a little bit. I mean, that he was okay there. And then my other thought on it about Mitchell Trubisky is this is what the Bears get for trusting 13 games at North Carolina rather than taking a national championship quarterback in Deshaun Watson, okay, a guy who I loved. I thought he could have been the first overall pick in that class. And taking a guy, Patrick Mahomes, who had amazing arm talent, and if you let him learn, he could have been really good. This is what you get for taking a guy that – literally had, didn't play at North Carolina. He literally didn't play until his senior year, and he played 13 games, and he wasn't even that good in that 13 games, right? So the Bears deserve all the fault here. Like, we talk about the Packers maybe wasting a first-round pick. They traded up one spot to get this guy when he was going to be there at three anyways, if you remember <laughs> that 2017 draft. That's so, the best part of it is that – John Lynch has come out and said they were always taking Solomon Thomas. Right. And, and just and took a trade even, with the Bears off. And even it. that wasn't even a good pick. Solomon Tom, Thomas isn't even a good pick. So this is all the Bears' fault. I mean, you, you can't you can't pay a backup. Like I think Tristan, you said it, you know, he's he's higher paid than Mitchell Trubisky is. Mitchell Trubisky is. So I think that Mitchell Trubisky has seen his last days in the Windy City. Now he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna start anywhere. I don't think he's deserving of a start, um, but yeah, it, it's 
this is all the Bears' fault, man. And when they were good, they had the best defense in the league. You know, they had Khalil Mack, and they had that really good secondary, and Trubisky just kind of had to be that game manager, and he was. So, um, yeah, the, the Bears put themselves in a really sticky situation by not taking Deshaun Watson because I'd hate to see Deshaun Watson in a Bears uniform. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's true that. Tristan, anything to add before we move on to the final thing here? I just wanted to add another a kudos or a credit to Dan's point that he made about the pressure not being on Trubisky and how they're not like naming starters today, this morning. Matt Nagy refused to name a starter for this weekend's game. And everybody knows, including himself and including the quarterback, that it's going to be Nick Foles for the rest of the season um, unless something bad happens. But it's kind of funny. Watch him just like start Trubisky every game. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, the Brewers tried this thing to try to get through the playoffs where they do like an opener. They take a they take a reliever and have him throw the first inning. Uh, watch him do that do that now with Trubisky. Trubisky's going to be his opener, and he and then he's just going to bring Nick Foles into to win the game. <laughs> I could see it. It'd be freaking wild, and I kind of hope it happens. I still think they're going to use Mitch um, in a similar role. Not really the same, but kind of a similar role. The Saints use Taysom Hill. Not, I mean, you can't like compare it side by side because they're not nearly okay. athletic as the other. But I still think Mitch Trubisky is going to get a set of packages where it's going to like an op- it's going to look like kind of like a triple option offense where he can mm-hmm. throw or he can okay. run because Mitchell Trubisky is athletic. He can run mm-hmm. um, and he can take some hits. So I still see them using him a little bit, but. His days as a starter are long gone in the league. He's not going to go anywhere and be a starter. Um, if he can't throw to his left, for one, and he can't throw a deep ball accurately. Zoolander of quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he has weapons. Like, let's not think that Chicago doesn't have any weapons because they have mm-hmm. Anthony Miller. They have Allen Robinson. They have Jimmy Graham now, who is a for, you know former Packer. Like, and Tariq Cohen after he, you know, obviously tore his ACL now, but – the Bears' offense isn't bad, right? Like, they don't – and then I think they drafted a tight end this year as well. So, like, he, this guy has weapons. It's not like he's throwing to a bunch of scrubs, you know what I mean? So, like, that that's another thing, too, is why is he so bad? Like, why can't he figure out how to use these guys? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then a uh, final thing here, moving into it, are the Saints down and out. Now, I the reason I put this in here is because – Obviously, they were playing without Michael Thomas on Monday night against the Packers. Oh, side disclaimer, so were the Packers without Devontae Adams, okay? So if you're going to be able to uh, make excuses for one team, you got to be able to look at both teams, okay? So if the Packers don't have their number one receiver you should, and, the, and the Saints don't have their number one wide receiver, you could start to think, okay, hey, maybe these two teams be really evenly matched. It'll be a good game. Both got really good running backs. They both can catch the ball as well. Great quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, middle of the pack to... Uh, probably top 10 defenses. Like, not bad. This could be a good game. The Packers, to me, proved, um, even though, the, again, that they didn't have Devontae Adams and even though the Saints didn't have uh, Thomas, they, they're a Super Bowl contending team. Um, and I, I do think that it's it, it's a question that, uh, and how much of a Super Bowl contending team, you still have to look at the teams like the Seahawks because the, the Seahawks are a tough team. Uh, they've always been a tough team with Russell Wilson uh, and, and Pete Carroll. But, I think that the pack, the Packers could uh, are going to be. It's going to be the Packers and the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. It's a rematch. Let's also not I'm excited forget, to see. Let, let, let's not forget that New Orleans 
that the that the drop off from the number one to the number two route wide receiver is a lot deeper than the than the drop off from the number one to the number two in New Orleans. New Orleans still has a, has Manny Sanders. Don't forget Emmanuel Sanders. Don't sleep on that guy either. Uh, not had plus you still had Alvin Kamara. Plus you still had uh, Jared Cook. The Saints don't have any excuse for that game. Drew Brees has become one dimensional, and that's all there is to it. And I love Drew Brees. I'm a big Drew Brees fan. Perennial pro bowler. Definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. He's become one-dimensional. And the Saints don't know what to do with that anymore. That team is way too deep to get beat by that much. Don't get me wrong. The Packers played excellent. Phenomenal football. Uh, The Packers are a great team. Uh, If I had to guess, they'll probably lose on an onside to the Seahawks. Um, again, <laughs> if I have to deal with, with, with my Vikings losing, I'm going to drive that stake in there, Tristan. Love the Tom Brady hat, by the way. Um, uh, I knew you'd, I knew you'd come around. Uh, no, I, I think uh, the Packers, I agree with you, Colton. And, uh, I'm sure I agree with you, Tristan. The, the Packers are definitely a Super Bowl contender, um, not even not just an NFC contender; they are a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tristan, can you kind of just tell me, you know, what what, what was your at? Because I know we talked about it before the show too. You were saying that even if you know the even if they find a way to lose, or even if uh, you know, uh, it, because even though it's a much better defense than the Packers had faced before, you said that you believe that they uh, against the Vikings, the, the corners would have it either the wild, Aaron Rodgers would have it easier. Each week, you said that. And then now you came back this week. This is actually a good team. The you know the Packers have to strap up, play this guy, these guys. Um, what what was your thoughts about the game? You know, even if New Orleans had Michael Thomas, it wouldn't have changed their offense that much because, like you guys said, they're extremely one dimensional. They cannot throw a pass further than fifteen yards down the field with Michael Thomas in the game. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders would have had a lot more catches and a lot more yards if Michael Thomas played. Michael Thomas would have gotten locked up by Jair Alexander, most likely. He might have had a few catches for 20 yards, maybe 30 yards. Jair Alexander has been, I think he's the top-graded corner in the NFC. He might be the top-graded corner in the NFL right now. Um, I think so far this season he's allowed like three catches for 16 yards. Um, (laughs) Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for who? More more yards and Thielen. two touchdowns. Um, Thielen. Thielen. Mr. Thielen burned him a couple times. Garbage um, time, granted, but still. Garbage that. time. Garbage time touchdowns. Still. Jair Alexander's uh, really good. The man still has the man still has an 87.4 PFF grade, which counts for something. Come on. That does count. That counts for a lot of some things. Uh, oh, I would like really to, to, to correct something that Tristan said, and I want to clear this up. The Saints aren't one-dimensional. Drew Brees is one-dimensional. The okay. Saints still have Sean Payton. They still have Alvin Kamara. They still have Manny Sanders. They have, still have Jared Cook. They still have Taysom Hill. The Saints aren't one-dimensional. Drew Brees, Drew Brees but, is one-dimensional. But I think you could argue that if you can't throw the ball downfield, you're going to become one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You could argue that the Saints are one-dimensional because if you can't throw the ball down the field, Teams are just going to stack the box in you on you, and they're going to they're going to make sure that you know you throw the ball ten yards. So I think the Saints are pretty right. one dimensional because if that, you can't that's throw the why ball you bring field, in Emmanuel Sanders though. That's but why they brought him back to get it down there. Drew Brees can't throw it like he used to now mm-hmm. anymore. It, no, I, it doesn't. 
it doesn't matter if you have Tyreek Hill running down there. If he can't get it there, it ain't going to matter. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. And, and I think another thing we have to consider is, uh, you know, we've said it that Drew Brees has certainly lost something. When you look at a guy, and maybe I'm the only one that's noticed this, but when he does attempt a pass that's farther than 15, maybe even 20 yards, it is almost at the receiver's feet. So he is clearly does not have enough arm. And last year when the Vikings played him in the playoffs. It's that lower body, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that you it, it's you, when you look get back on that Aaron Rodgers workout. Get, he's got to hit the squat rack. Um, when you look back at Aaron it, Rodgers workout plan, I'm telling you, man, that Aaron Rodgers workout plan works. I guess. I, all I'm saying though is, <laughs> if you guys remember the last year, uh, I believe the when the Vikings played the Saints, the biggest play that the Saints had was a Taysom Hill like 50 yard bomb in which Trey Wayne screwed up a coverage, but. It was because of the fact that the Vikings weren't expecting the Saints to lob it out like that. Of course, I believe it was a flea flicker, yeah. but still. And then if I you agree. remember back to the 2017 uh, NFC Divisional game, he I had one. To... Okay, but but he had one where he, where Anderson Dayhill picked him off right before mm-hmm. halftime, I believe, where he underthrew it really, really bad as well. So yep. this has been going on for three, four years. This hasn't just been a last year thing. Like Drew Brees has. Not had the arm strength for a long, for a long time that he used to. That's yeah, true. And I agree. I agree with what Daniel said. Drew Brees is one-dimensional. There was a lot of opportunities in the game against Green Bay, especially where he could have thrown the ball deep and the head corner beat. And you saw, you could see Drew Brees look it down, hesitate, and throw a check down. And I'm thinking to myself, he could have just had a 40, 50 yard pass. Like Kevin King just got his ass burnt, and you're not throwing it. And it's 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 certainly Drew Brees. I don't know if it's the arm strength or what, but one thing I do know, Drew Brees doesn't want to play football this year. He does not want to be there. After the season ended last year, he was begged by the Saints to play for one more year because the Saints were going to spend all this money, give him all these toys, and they were going to win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, what, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, Malcolm Jenkins. Well, that's it. <laughs> I mean, they brought in a couple solid pieces, but Drew Brees – yeah, Drew Brees doesn't want to be there, I feel like. Um, he's play, he's doing enough to stay on the field. He's trying to win games, but he just – I feel like he just lacks the character and enthusiasm and, I guess, the will to try to throw the ball deep. Because if, if he wanted to win, he had plenty of shots he could have taken against Green Bay. Um, yeah, his arm strength is – his arm's down the drain. I think the Saints, they're not – I mean, I'd be surprised if they made – even the second round of the playoffs, I don't think they have a very good chance of making the playoffs. The The NFC is a lot deeper now than it has been in a while. There's a lot of good teams. I think the Rams are going to make it back. Green Bay, Seattle, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. I think Dallas Tampa makes Bay. it, honestly. Tampa Bay, Tampa yeah. Tampa Bay, yep. Weird situation. The Saints are done. They're probably going to go into rebuild mold. Do the Saints ever go to their future, maybe, and go to Jameis Winston this year? That's an interesting thing. Like, it, it, is Jameis the guy that they feel like can be their franchise quarterback? Because I think Jameis is talented. I, I really think, do. I, I don't think I that's think the he question. Got put I think the question situation. is. I don't think that's the question. I think the question is, do you have the balls to bench a Hall of Famer? That's true. That's true. But I mean, if I there's mean, anyone out there, there's it's it's shot. If there's anyone out there who's going to do that, it's Sean Payton. It's the NFL. It doesn't matter if you're Hall of Fame or not. Green Bay did it with Brett Favre. They kicked his butt out of the way. Like they, they said, here's the door. Go somewhere else. They didn't yeah, have a they problem. They didn't with bench it. him midseason. They didn't I bench know, him midseason. They, they, they still let him go. It does. It's the NFL. It doesn't really matter. 
matter. If if they think Jameis is the best option to win, they're going to go with him. My my memory is fading me. I feel like that's what the Broncos did to Peyton Manning his last year. Uh, he got injured. Uh, they waited to see what they were going to get out of Brock Osweiler, and then they brought him back in the playoffs to be able to win that Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah. again, I could be wrong. Maybe my memory is fading me. But when it comes down to it, when you've got a good team, the Saints have a good team. They really do. They've got a lot of weapons. And when you've got a guy that's um, – I hate to say it, but he's almost the weakest link in that team. I, uh, what, what are you gonna if, he, if he's literally the ball and chain holding them back? Why why not cut that that ball off? I mean, Jameis Winston. The one thing we'll know we know is he'll throw that football. Doesn't matter who it is, he'll throw it right at him. Uh, and maybe maybe it'll end up as a pick. Maybe now it'll be changed now that he's got LASIK. But I, I truly expect. Uh, and I said Jameis Winston could be a guy that definitely goes off and does his thing. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't think it's a question of if they go with Jameis Winston. I think it's a question of when. Um, because Jameis Winston will sling it. Doesn't matter if you're a defender or not. He'll sling it to you. Um, he, he will take chances more than anybody in the league. And their receivers get open a lot. And mm-hmm. it's just it's a matter of time. I feel like it will happen during the season, whether or not Breed gets hurt or not. Jameis is going to get some play time. He might even get a starting you might, you might get to start a game sometime. But I don't think that'll happen until New Orleans drops five or six games, which I think they're going to. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, boys. Uh, man. No picks? No picks? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can run through that real quick. Um, this is a special segment that we do every week uh, for uh, me, Tristan, and Gear, who couldn't make that, who sent me and didn't send me his picks. Um, if you two want to send me your picks, then just a, you know, it's kind of a fun thing here. Uh, let's go here. Week what is it? Week four? Man, week four. feels bad. Jeez. Week four. Um, Tristan, uh, run me through. Oh man, the Jets. Uh, but quick, Jets or Broncos tonight? Well, let me check the score here. You know, I'm not even going to look at the score. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the game. I'm going to go with the Jets tonight. The Jets. Hey, it's tied at ten right Broncos. now. Good pick. Good pick. It's tied at ten right now, uh, and the Broncos have the ball. First and goal at the at the Jets five. So I mean uh, Daniel could be right. It could be the Broncos. Um, let's see here. Saints and Lions. I'll go Detroit. Detroit. Tristan. Uh, I'm gonna go Detroit as well. Detroit and Daniel. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take New Orleans on this one. Okay. I mean that's. Uh... Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take that. I'll go I'll go I'll go counter. I'll okay. counter it. Uh, you guys, uh, let's do it rapid fashion. Chargers, Buccaneers. I'll go Chargers. I think Chargers okay. are underrated. Okay. I'll go Buccaneers. Okay. I got to take the Buccaneers there. Okay. Uh, Jaguars, Bengals. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Jaguars. I th- I'll go yeah, Give me the Jaguars. I, I like... I like Cincy's team. I like Joe Burrow. I like their wide receiver group. I'll, I'll go Cincy. Okay. Vikings, Titans, or Texans, excuse me. Texans. Texans. I hate to do it, but I got to take Texans. I think we get off the snide this week. I'll go I'll go Minnesota. I think we I think we play well in Houston. I'll go I'll go Vikings. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go Minnesota as well. Okay. Uh Seahawks, Dolphins. Seahawks. See, that's not Nobody's riding the wave this week against Russell Wilson. Nobody. No one's riding. I dare someone to bet against Russell Wilson this week. I'll go Seattle. Yeah, me as well. You know what? I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to ride the wave. Stop. I'm going to ride the wave. Get out. Get out. Are you kidding me? 
I just want to do it to be different. I think Seattle will win, but you never know. Their pass defense is garbage. Um, I, I genuinely think the Dolphins could put up 30 points in this game, but that's not to I say the Seahawks, the Seahawks will probably put up 50, but there's always the chance with how bad their pass defense is. There's a chance, but I'm, I'm going to ride the wave and go with Miami this week. So you're saying Max don't chance. care about your feelings. I know. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Okay. Uh, Browns and Cowboys. Browns. Cowboys. I hate to do it. Ooh. Give me the Cowboys. I'll be that guy. I'll go Cleveland. Okay. Although Tristan is Cleveland too, but. Cleveland's improving, especially with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Tristan? I think the Browns. Browns? Okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Cardinals, Panthers. Cardinals. Okay. I'm going with Teddy B. I love Teddy B. I think he's got a de- good shot down there. I, I like uh, I like Carolina. Okay. Dan? Take, I'm going to take Carolina, too. Okay. I, I, got, I got a feeling Robbie Anderson's going to do something big here. Okay. Uh, Colts, Bears. Uh, yeah, Colts, Bears. Colts, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm with Give me him. the old gunslinger, Phillip Rivers. I'll go Colts. Okay. Uh, I'll give all mine after this in a second. Ravens tag uh, and the Washington football team. It's going to be a That's banger, gonna... but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with the Ravens. Yeah, me too. I'll take the Ravens again, yeah. Okay. I'll be that guy. I'll, I'll be that guy. I love Ron Rivera. <laughs> I'm going upset. He'll I'm be going, that guy. I'm going upset. Ron Rivera, Dwayne Haskins, man. I like Dwayne Haskins. I'll go, I'll go with the football team. Okay. <laughs> The football team. That's what they're called, right? They're the football it is, team. It is. It's just, oh, my God. All right. Giants. Weird, but, uh, I was talking to a guy. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. Uh, uh, Giants, After talking up Patrick Mahomes at the start of this podcast, there's no way I can go against that guy. So I'll go. I'll go Chiefs. Yep. I don't think I've taken an upset yet, and I think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Bill Belichick. I'll take the Patriots. If Ooh. anyone's going to do it, it's Bill. Okay. I will go with the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I don't think it would be that big of an upset if the Patriots do knock him off. Just putting that out there, but. That's true. It's tough to bet against Patty Mahomes. Uh, I think it's the only thing tougher than betting against against Russell Wilson right now. Uh, but yeah, I think like you say, Bill's a magic man. Um, or a cheater, depending on who you ask. Absolutely. Uh, Bills Raiders. Bills. Bills. Agreed. Give me the Raiders. Give me old Chucky on this one. Give me old Chucky. I'll go with the Raiders. Old okay. Chucky, baby. Eight years left on his deal. He's got to start winning some games. So I'll, I'll go with the Raiders here. <laughs> I'll go so. Bills. Eagles 49ers. Ooh. 49ers. I'll go Eagles just because 40 San Fran's got a lot of injuries. I I think Philly's better than 0 2 and 1. I'll go Philly. I I hate Philadelphia, but I'll go Philly. Okay. Hate the city, love the team. Uh, Well, no. 
flip that, actually. I love the city, hate the team. Uh, but I do like Carson Wentz. I don't think he's as bad as people t- are saying. Uh, give me Philly. Yeah. And final one, Packers-Falcons, Monday Night Football. Our rest in peace to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> Green Bay's going to win. This is my lock for the week. Okay. You did it. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. All right. All hey, right. I picked Green Bay. Who are your Monday night lock. locks, man? That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, what about you two? So I, here's my uh, prediction. I think I, I think Atlanta will be up by like 20 in the fourth quarter with like 10 minutes <laughs> left. And they're just going to lose. Damn it. So um, I, where is it in Mercedes or is it in Atlanta or where is it at? Is it in Lambo? Green Bay. Let's yeah. See. It's in Lambeau. It doesn't really matter. Atlanta's gonna blow a lead anyway, so I'll, I'll, I, I hate to do it, but Tristan, I'll go. I'll go Green Bay. They'll go, they'll go four and zero. Yeah, I go Green Bay too. What about you? Uh, see, I was gonna make the same joke Hunter made. I was gonna say they're gonna win, but not until the fourth quarter. Um, not because that. I, I think they just like they're just like let's see how much of a lead we can give them because no matter what it's gonna be, we're still gonna come back. I think Aaron Rodgers like protests and doesn't throw a touchdown until the fourth quarter just to prove he can make a bigger comeback than Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm actually hesitant to pick this as my lock. I think there is a very good possibility Atlanta has a day. I think their passing offense is pretty lethal, and Green Bay's passing defense can be very bad at times. So mm-hmm. I do think there's a good chance Atlanta pulls off an upset, but. Looking at the numbers, I don't really like to look at numbers a lot because I'm not a huge numbers guy. I'm more of like a I like to see things guy. But yeah. age of the, analytics, not a numbers the, guy. Impressive. The the literal last place defense against the first place offense. It's I th- I feel like it's probably going to be a bloodbath. Atlanta and Minnesota are two of the best 0 and three teams I've ever seen. I'm going to put that out there right now. Like. The Vikings are a good football team, and Atlanta's a really good football team. Like, it's so weird that they're both 0-3. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a diehard Vikings fan. Like, <laughs> those teams could beat a lot of teams in this league, man. I- I'm just putting that out there. 100%. Absolutely. All right, well, we got to thank uh, – obviously, we've got to thank Daniel and Hunter again for joining us. Once again, from the Minnesota Bias Podcast, we thank both of you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks for having us on, guys. Yes. Awesome. Always great to be on with you guys. Um, yeah, always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we'll make sure. Words, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what can I say? I'm a man of uh, I'm a man of uh, many words, few words. Yeah. Something. I'm trying to yeah. bail you out. Man. I'm trying to help you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, all right. Set myself up for failure, like a Vikings fan should. Amen. Oh my God. Amen. Uh, it's not, never been said better before. Uh, okay. All right. I'll sign off this time. Uh, once again, members, uh, follow us all social media. Uh, remember to uh, subscribe down below, as well as follow uh, the Sports BP uh, and all of its members, as well as members of the Minnesota Bias podcast on all social media. And as always, from this channel, peace out.